This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Are you enjoying your championship experience and why? Um, well, obviously, obviously not at the minute. Seeing as though uh, the Villa have only won one in eleven or, or twelve, if you include the defeat to Luton. Obviously, from a from a fan's perspective, a personal perspective, uh, and and someone who likes to go to as, as many games as possible, a lot of the weight games as well. Um, you know, I do get to go to grounds that I haven't been to before, so that's quite um, refreshing. So yeah, until until we start winning games of football and start moving up the table. Um, it's not going to be an enjoyable experience. 100% enjoying the championship experience. It brings the local derby back in Norwich versus Ipswich, which is always good fun, mainly because it's an 86 points every season. Um, and there's something raw and real about the championship. You're never going to get bored because there's two games a week, three games a week sometimes. Um, and there's something much more fun about going away from home in, in the championship. I suppose for us, it, it, it means more wins. And winning is always more fun than losing. Uh, and there's something... It, it, I, I much prefer going away to clubs like Brentford, to clubs that, that maybe uh, aren't on the map as much, than, rather than clubs that Arsenal. It's so plastic. It's so diluted. Um, it's so unreal when, when you go into the Premier League. And that's something that, sadly, football is turning into. And it's slightly less diluted in the Championship. I'd say you have more real fans. You have fans who aren't just going to turn up when there's a big cup game, you're going to have fans that travel away from home and don't get back until 5am on Tuesday night. They're the fans that make football fun. They're the fans that make football enjoyable. Uh, and and that, there's more of them in the championship for me. So for that, I love the championship. I, I'm totally enjoying the championship. I've, I totally enjoyed it. Last time we went, was it, was it 2009? We had a, a season in the, in the championship then. I liked breaking the routine of going to different games you know, different grounds compared to what you get used to in the uh, in the Premier League. It's a bit like I've heard similar comments actually from um, fans of people like Man United and Liverpool who, when they dropped out of the Champions League and they ended up going to the Europa League and the European level, they go with different players. It's a little bit more exotic rather than the regular routine of the big glamours. We've got a, a midweek game against Barnsley coming up. We've got we've got five and a half thousand tickets sold out for that game. You know, so we'll get some big turnouts and it, it is nice going to different places. However, it's the championship and your aspiration is to get promoted out of it. So, um, I, I mean, I, I do certainly enjoy the championship. Um, we win more games here than we do in the Premier League. That's another extra little bonus. But I don't want to stay here forever. I think the ambition is still to get back in the Premier League. 
So what are the main differences between the Premier League and the Championship? Probably the noticeable difference is the amount of time that you uh, actually have on the ball, um, uh, that you don't have on the ball in terms of the uh, closing down and narrowing down of angles. The key thing that, I, that I've noticed, it, it, it just comes down to quality. Um, when I say that, what I mean is the strikers aren't as good as in the Championship, the defenders aren't as good. I always like to refer back uh, to the games we played against Liverpool in the Premier League when we were literally ripped to shreds by one man and in Luis Suarez, we couldn't do anything about it. We didn't play bad football. It was just we were done by quality. Um, and we lost them games because of him. And the only time we've sort of come up against that this season is, is when we played Newcastle. And um, and we were ripped to shreds by Dwight Gale. We were 3-1 up in the in the 80th minute. Uh, Gale got his shooting boots on and we lost 4-3. If, if you'd asked me that a couple of years ago, I probably would have said the prices. But actually, that's not been the case this year because we got this £30 cap on away ticket prices in uh, the Premier League. We're actually paying that we're being asked to pay more than the Premier League prices at some of the grounds that we go to. So it's not even that anymore. Obviously, the grounds uh, are obviously much different. Uh, perhaps in uh, many instances, uh, fans are closer to the pitch. And so that might be a little bit more intimidating for the players, particularly the ones that have never played at this level before. Obviously, Villa... They've got about the business where they've tried to bring in players that do have you know, championship uh, experience, but there are still a, a group of players in there that perhaps may have never played at this level. The way it's been at Newcastle, the season ticket sales have actually gone up. It's not been like uh, you know, collapsing in misery. Nobody wanted to go down, but we've actually bizarrely got this feel-good fact now because of the whole Benitez presence. And even from the end of last year, there's a real buzz about the place and there's a conference about it. It's really... It's not. We haven't had a positive vibe about the club since really since Ashley took since the early days of Ashley's takeover. Uh, it's been pretty miserable, but it's actually got much better and more optimistic, even in the Championship. And the the crowds are holding up at around the fifty thousand mark. So it's you know the, the home games. You couldn't really tell a huge difference. It's the away trips that make the difference. Championship is um, obviously a highly competitive league, um, so that perhaps could have shocked us a wee bit. Uh, hence. Um, you know, a sloppy start to the season. So if you compare the way Burnley dealt with relegation to the Championship compared to teams like Leeds and Wolves, do you think that Villa have handled relegation well? And what do you think you could do better? Yeah, I mean, from a Villa uh, side of things, obviously after last season, uh, there were so many changes that we had to fit in um, over the summer. So um, more than the most other clubs, uh, we had to bring in a new owner, a new management team, um, there were many people at the club that were made redundant. Uh, we had a lot of dead wood, um, which was well documented, uh, to get rid of. Uh, then we had to obviously go about uh, player recruitment and bring in so many new players. Villa, out of all the clubs in this league, uh, we've had to go undergo the, the biggest changes, um, whereas many other clubs were relatively uh, settled and just needed to maybe bring in one or two additions, um, a player here or there. Uh, we've we've obviously had to, to pretty much build a new squad. I think, I think Norwich have handled relegation really well and you've only got to look at the league table. Um, Wolves and, and Leeds are, are below us and have been for, for some time now. Um, and, and Norwich, it, on the record, are pretty decent at bouncing back. Uh, we've done it first time. Uh, the, the last time we relegated, and I, I fully expect we'll do it this time again. The, what we do so well is we keep the core of a team so, so important. And uh, it's a really interesting thing, actually, um, I was speaking to Red Balls a few weeks ago, our chairman, and he said um, 
that Alex Neal on the final game of last season didn't let his kids and wife come to Carrow because he thought the reception towards him because we were relegated was going to be dreadful. What actually happened was the, the Norwich City faithful sang Alex Neal's name for the full 90 minutes because we knew that despite relegation, despite what had happened, that this was the man to take us forward. We kept hold of Alex Neal. We kept hold of the likes of Tim Close, uh, Wes Hulham, players like that who are, who are key to the way we play football, to the key um, parts of our game. If you don't have that core like Wolves and Leeds don't have, things start to fall apart, then you don't have that that common theme, that common goal with your with your teammates. And I think that the way Burnley done it, uh, the way that Norwich have done it before and look like they're going to do it again this season, is certainly the way forward. And this is it's something that teams need to look at if they want to do the same. I, I think Newcastle have coping okay with the relegation thing. Um, we've had a bit of a clear out because we had some players who were okay on big money uh, Premier League wages either come to the end of their careers or just didn't want to hang around um, for the battle to come back up. And I think that's probably just as well, actually, because I'm not sure that some of them were necessarily suited to the championship and the style of football anyway. Uh, what Benitez has done is he's completely rebuilt the squad and you can see that he's built it with a view to getting out of the division. He's bought people who will be able to scrap their way through the promotion that's the plan anyway I think you'd have to rebuild again to be honest if we do get promotion you'd have to do it again if you're going to survive and then compete in the Premier League because I think some of the people that we're buying now to get us up won't necessarily be able to um, hold the, their own in the in the Premier League What would I have done differently um, at Villa uh, we obviously instilled Di Matteo as boss and that hasn't quite worked out as we all know Um and to be frank, it was a it was an appointment that I was quite sceptical of uh, at the beginning. Um, I think there were the sturdier candidates out there that we could have gone in for uh, at that particular time. Um, obviously, hindsight is is a wonderful thing. We weren't to know that I'd only win one out of his first eleven, and he'd be getting the boot straight away. Um, but yeah, it just never worked out for him. So uh, um, you could say our business was um, rather rushed. Uh, I think circumstances dictated it, though. Um, but when you spend about, you know, in and around £60 million, pounds, um, I guess only time will tell whether it will come off or not. But we, we have to make sure if we're spending that kind of money that we're in and around the, the promotion mixer come the end of the season. It's not for us just about the transition from Premier League to Championship and hopefully back. But it's also about the way the whole way that the club's been run. The Benitez factor is huge in Newcastle. Um, partly because he's got, you know, incredible pedigree in terms of what he's won and what he's you know he's, he's achieved in the game but the biggest thing is because he's been given so much control in the club uh, under Ashley uh, now compared to what's happened before uh, it's a breath of fresh air and I think that the Benitez factor in Newcastle and the you know the change in relationships inside the club is as big an issue as the dropping down the division from the point of view of turning the club around so it's. Uh, I mean, it, it probably would have been nicer if we'd been able to not get relegated and stay up to do it. But actually, in the long-term history of the club, allowing Benitez to come in and rebuild it from the bottom and he's interfering and getting involved in every aspect of the club's organisation, that might not be a bad thing when we come to look back on it. Some people say the more money a football team has, the less creative it is when going about its business. And the players it buys and the manager it employs. Do you think that's a fair comment? Norwich is a strange one. We're, we're fairly wealthy when it comes to the championship, but 
you go into the Premier League and, and we're one of the poorest clubs. Um, we, under our last chief executive, Dave McNally, it was, it was key that we tried to get uh, the, the youth system correct. We, we splashed a load and loads of cash at Colney, our youth training ground and our training ground, to try and get it to a stage where we were getting more and more young players through the door because we knew that we couldn't compete in terms of signing big names in the Premier League. So our long-term sort of 10-year plan was to improve the training ground and, and to get young players through the door. And that didn't really work, and that was kind of Dave McNally's downfall. Now he's not at the club anymore. And I suppose when you have more money, you, there's, there's less risk involved. So if you, if you chuck £30 million at a player or £15 million at a player and it doesn't work out, it's kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. We've got another £30 million to, to throw at another player. So in terms of that, I suppose there's less risk. I'm not sure that there's a, a direct relationship between how much money you've got and how creative you do. I think it's possible to do very creative things on a limited budget. I think it's uh, possible to be creative on a big budget as well. Uh, if you look at Man City, for instance, I mean, they've got no shortage of money, but a lot of the things that they've done around the club, you know, the, you know, the women's team, that complex that they built, the academy and all that sort of stuff, is really quite progressive. But if you haven't got a big budget, it's possible also to be maybe a little bit more in touch with your fans and you can still do creative things in your career. Yeah, I think it's as much as anything else. It's about the people and about the freedom of, of um, to operate that you give them. That's the thing that's changed here, that um, Benitez has been given uh, you know, quite a lot of room to organise the club in the way that he thinks is best. And he's got a reputation for being having quite a holistic view. He's concerned about the community and the club's relationship with it. He's concerned about everybody pulling in the same direction. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of good creative stuff going on at Newcastle now, uh, more so than when than last season, when arguably there was more money flowing in the club. I know a few Villa fans who wanted to bring in Bradley Dack from Jill's over the summer. And uh, obviously we've been reported to be interested in um, Barnsley captain Conor Hurahan at the minute. Uh, perhaps we might be going in for him in January. Uh, but I can guarantee you now that if we had a bought, bought in these sort of calibre of players um, from those kind of clubs, then many Villa fans would have kicked off uh, before even seeing them um, you know, pull on the shirt and, and play football for the club. The reality is that um, they would likely be doing a, a much better job than what Westwood and Yadinak, uh, Yadinak what we've seen so far, um, this season uh, but just because there are players that carry a huge price tag it doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to be a success uh, at any club um, in, in the whole end when we played Brentford uh, like you say there were, there were a lot of fans uh, pointing at the pointing at uh, Ryan Woods and, and you know they were saying you know this boy's clearly got a good footballing brain very creative um, was knocking the ball about like like it was with such an experienced head there's many, to be honest, other than Ryan Woods, there's been a few teams that we played this season and I've quite liked the look of some other players. Um, and and we often, I, I'm looking at it and going, well, how come we're not getting these players? You know, you might be able to pick them up for, you know, half a mil, a mil, a two mil. But I'd say fans, fans are fickle. Fans want to see names. Fans want to see players with big price tags. Um, you know, some of the players that we've brought in, um, Kajir, namely, you know, he's only done... He's only done something over one season. We, our, our record signing, or was record signing, Ricky Van Wolfswick for. He he was a, a change in in um, I suppose ethos from us. We 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 searched the European market for this twenty goal a season striker. We thought we'd found him in Van Wolfswick. We splashed ninety million pounds at him, and he went on to score two goals for us in three seasons. And 
And that has kind of destroyed us now venturing into the European market. So creativity is it, so tough because fans expect so much um, and there's such high stakes. So it's, it's really tough. But I think, I think the more money you have long term is going to benefit you and, 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 and sort of the long term success sort of hinges on money really. You see people, you see clubs without much money and the lack of money becomes a constraint. Uh, on what you can do, but also it's possible to have a club that's run by a small, you know, with financial restraints, but that's run by small-minded people who aren't creative. Now, I mean, I take the point that sometimes a lack of money makes forces you to be more creative about doing things, but sometimes it just limits your horizons as well. I think there's an automatic relationship there. Depending on what club you are and how and how much trust you've got in your in, in your football club, uh, really does dictate in terms of what players that you can br- almost can bring in um, because I say it all goes down to fan expectation and, and what they want I say Brentford have a, have a strong philosophy of uh, maybe looking down the divisions looking at young talent and uh, have uh, an admirable scouting network and it works for them it's paying off you look, look, you know, they're playing in the championship they've been playing in the fourth in the fourth tier of English football a few years ago a couple of years ago I mean it, it works but Unfortunately, Villa haven't gone down that route, and uh, to be honest, I can't see it ever changing. You need a certain mentality to play in the championship. Games come thick and fast from the next month onwards. Do you have the players and the manager and the scouting team to cope with life in the championship? I I think we've got a squad that's designed to cope with the championship now, and I think we've got a manager who understands it, who gets it. Uh, if you'd asked me the same thing last season about last season's squad, particularly before Benitez came in, if I thought that last season's squad under McLaren would manage in the championship, I would have said no, because I don't think there was any spirit, there wasn't any spite, and there wasn't any fight to the squad at all, and you saw that in the, the performances that got us relegated, and I think that that, that group of players under that leadership would have really struggled. But what Benitez has done, I mean, it, it's genius, actually, in a lot of levels, because he's made in the transfer window, that last transfer window, he made a profit of 31.5 million quid. And yet he's got rid of players who wouldn't have coped in the championship. We've lost one or two that would have lit up the championship. We'd like to have kept, like, Andros Townsend, I think it's safe to say, falls in that category. But we've got rid of others who wouldn't have flourished in the championship. And we've bought, he's bought well, he's bought championship experience, and he's bought people who will definitely be able to. You know, to fight, to fight their way through it. It is. I mean, I know it's a bit of a cliche, but it is a tougher, it is a tougher division. Um, it, you know, it, physically, I think um, it's not necessarily as fast, but it's, it's just it, there's a lot of um, more emphasis, or it seems to be, as a fan. I mean, I've not played in it, obviously, but it seems to be a lot more emphasis on muscle and physique. And uh, you know, we've brought players in who are, I think, able to compete with that and able to deal with it. And I, I mean, I, I think we're quite well. It was a big squad. At the best of times, Rafa's quite keen on squad rotation, but you're right, the, the matches do come thick and fast in the Championship. There's just so many fixtures. It's then, you know, almost two a week. And you need to have a, a big squad to be able to cope with that. Uh, and But he, he rotates anyway. Now, I mean, I know it exasperates some people. One person's squad rotation is somebody else's manager who doesn't know what his best team is. But I think that's a very hard allegation to throw against a manager of Benitez's quality. I think he knows exactly what he's doing and he's rotated the squad well. 
Um, well, like I said to you last time when I spoke to Bizotted before the uh, b- before we played you guys, uh, like I keep on saying as well, on paper, uh, at least, yes, we do. Uh, the biggest issue with, with Aston Villa Football Club, is, to be honest, is the drud- like the drudgery that surrounds the club over the past few years, um, that losing mentality. Uh, we've got a, a real knack, as, as fans keep saying, of turning um, players, uh, well, what should be half-season players, into footballing uh, drips, to be honest. Uh, it's almost as if we sap any form of creativeness out of them, um, willing out of them. I don't think it helps that we've got some players still on the wage bill um, that are such bad influences within within the dressing room or in and around in and around the squad at all. Um, half-hearted, no hopers, um, and and that does have to have some form of influence uh, over other players that just want to knuckle down. You know, if you see them on the training ground. You know, unhappy faces, causing mischief. They're picking up, some of them, I mean, Gabby Bonglehor, for example, picking up uh, a sizable wage still. You know, uh, that's got to affect players. I mean, Norwich City have pretty much the same team as we did the last time we were in the Championship. We went on by the playoffs that season. Uh, I think there was a stat actually that said the last time, the amount of points we had going into the playoffs last time, the previous nine out of ten seasons, we would have got up automatically. That showed the the, the class in that, in that championship season, the one where Watford and Middlesbrough went up automatically. Um, we've kept hold of Alex Neil. He knows exactly what it's like. He, he played in Scottish football. He, he's managed in Scottish football. He's played in English football. And he's managed in English football. And that's the kind of experience you need. He's a young manager who I'm positive will go on to bigger and better things. Uh, I've said many times that in the next 15 years, he'll be managing a, a team in the Champions League. I stick by that. There's something about him that is, is just, different to the rest uh, and, and it's the same with the players it, the key thing I suppose in the championship is having that depth uh, if, if you lose a centre-back through injury you've got another one just as good to go in there and we've got that um, that in abundance we played in the in the League Cup uh, a few weeks ago against Everton with a second team um, a team uh, we made 10 changes from uh, from going into the league into the League Cup 10 changes we made and that team was still worth £37.5 million pounds. that shows the depth and quality we have. If you've got the likes of Alex Pritchard, who's on the bench, you can chuck in um, when you need him. Sergi Canos, um, you know, Nelson Oliveira. If you can chuck them kind of players in, as kind of reserve players, and you, that's still the quality you need. So depth we've got, quality we've got, the manager we've got, Norwich City going back up. The most important thing now is just to, to bring in the right man, um, uh, the right manager, and uh, make a call of those players when it's possible to happen. Well, Dean Smith is obviously a Villa fan, and um, me personally, I always, I always like to have someone at the helm that you know loves the, loves the club and knows, or at least knows the club, supports the club. You know, we've obviously had Brian Little, we've had John Gregory in the past, and, and it's good to see those kind of managers on the sideline because it's almost like they've got some kind of empathy with you. They understand where you're coming from from a fan side of things. I think Dean Smith. Uh, could be uh, uh, the man to bring in. Uh, obviously, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Um, I mean, he's obviously doing a good job at Brentford. You do have to ask yourself, and again, this is no disrespect to Brentford, how far he can uh, take Brentford uh, as a football club. Um, I would be, if I was him, I would be looking to, to take the next step, take a gamble. At the end of the day, if you've got uh, someone in, in Tony's ear who, who, to be honest, spent a lot of money in, in the summer, and uh, if he's true to his word and he wants to get us to where we're going to, like in terms of you know being a top European side, getting us back into the Premier League, getting us into the higher reaches and stuff like that, then why not try and catapult your name at a club like Villa? 
rather than, again, no disrespect, trying to you know, slumming it out in the championship. I don't see what you've got to lose. Uh, you could say on the flip side, uh, in an argument, that there'd be a lot more pressure perhaps at Villa if things didn't work out. You, you, you know, you might see uh, you know, fans calling for your name really early on. But then the day, I think it's a, a risk worth taking. And so if, if we ever did show an interest in Dean Smith, uh, whether it be now or later on down the line, I don't see why he wouldn't want to come to Villa. Fans have a tendency to reference history as a measure of how good their team is. Previous title wins, trophies, size of crowd. Honestly, do you think Villa fans think they're too big for this league? Uh, well, since Villa have gone down, we've obviously had to endure uh, many a taunt from our near neighbours at, at uh, Blues and, and, and Albion, of course, and indeed many other supporters of other clubs, especially in the Championship and Championship rivals. Um, recently, uh, we've had a bit off uh, of uh, Huddersfield, uh, what we've was being linked with their manager, Wagner. Um, but look... The way I see things, uh, Aston Villa, you know, we've been around for over 140 years. We're one of the founding members of the Football League, ever present in the Premier League until last season's horror show. Um, we've got a lovely stadium draped in tradition uh, that holds over 42,000 fans and we've won an array of honours. Uh, I mean, you look at the trophy cabinet, seven First Division titles, seven FA Cups, five League Cups, a European Cup. Fan base is huge. Uh, we've got Lions clubs all over the world. If you listen to to Villa games on the radio, in fact, you'll have fans uh, emailing, tweeting all the way from Hong Kong, Singapore, Australia, America, all over the world. I mean, that doesn't sound like a small club. Norwich City fans um, realise that we don't have the, the biggest history ever. We haven't won many cups, um, and we, I doubt we'll win many cups going forwards. But the thing that Norwich City fans know is that we have one of the most loyal fan bases um, in the whole of England. When you get down from the Premier League into League One and still managed to sell 22,000 season tickets in a stadium that only holds 26,000, you know that's when you've got a loyal fan base. There's a massive waiting list for season tickets. There will continue to be so. The whole of Norfolk is devoted to one football club in Norwich, and that's different to other clubs. You know, we have a big fan base um, for, for a championship club, and we continue to sell that out. The other hand is you've got our... our our friends down the road in Ipswich Town who love to refer to their history. They're apparently they won, uh, apparently they 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 done one in the UEFA Cup a few years ago or something like that. They love to refer to that, but they're stale. You know, they're they're an average Championship club who won't be getting promoted for the next five seasons, um, and and they love to refer to history. So it depends what what you measure success on. Is it's, it's the current uh, for me? I hate clubs that refer to history because I don't care about that. What I care about. Is what's going on at the moment, how you're doing at the moment. It's the same with Leeds. There's, there's loads of clubs like it. Norwich City fans very rarely refer to history because we don't really uh, have a wealth of history. I mean, the club's been going for ages and ages, but in terms of cup wins, um, there's not much of it. Norwich City fans know where we stand. We know that we're a very good championship side and not a very good Premier League side. And until different things change, that'll be the way it, it works. And, and we're happy with that. It's an interesting phrase to use about being big for the league, because if you, have to, you look at this, you know, literally in terms of size of the stadium, size of the crowds, etc., then there's a huge contrast between St James's Park and, say, Burton Albion or Rotherham. Uh, you know, we've just we've just been to. I mean, it was one of their biggest ever crowds, eleven thousand and odd, and we have we're getting fifty thousand a week. So at that level, you know, we're unusual for that league, but. 
you play in the league that your results deserve, and that's what our results have deserved over the course of last year. So I don't, I don't think we're guaranteed to go up either, and that's surely the real test as well. If, if you're really big, you know, too big for the league, you'll get out of it straight away. Now, I'm, I'm so quietly confident that we'll we'll be all right. But I also know that from some of the first few games, I think there was a bit of an expectation from some fans in Newcastle that we just had to turn up the match and we'd, we'd, roll, we'd roll over people. And it might not have been a bad thing that we lost our first two games because it took a little bit of that away. It brought people back down to work a bit. The fact we lost at Fulham, well, we always lose at Fulham. Um, but we, you know, we lost at Fulham on the first like, in the season. That was sort of party. Oh, yeah, well, here we go. This is just Fulham. It happens every year. But then... Huddersfield beating us at home, I think, was a solitary lesson. Now, Huddersfield have done well. It wasn't a fluke. They obviously got it. They play good football and they've done well and they deserve their position at the moment. Whether the last all season is a different question. But I think it was a good lesson for Newcastle fans if there was any sort of arrogance about, yeah, we, we're only here on a temporary sojourn in the, in the championship. We, we don't belong here. We'll be straight back out. I think that was a reminder that you have to earn your way out of a division you have to win that promotion it's not going to come automatically now there's not many Newcastle fans that you can really refer to as being glory hunters because I mean I'm 56 and we haven't won a domestic trophy in the time that I've been going to Newcastle in my lifetime we've won one European trophy while I've been alive the last time we had a domestic trophy was in 1955 was the FA Cup so you've got to go back a long, long way before we can really say that we deserve to win big things. But in terms of the size of the club, it's a one-club city. The clubs in the city, you know, the grounds in the city centre, an atmosphere around Newcastle that I think is pretty special in terms of the championship. It, it is bigger and stronger than what a lot of other championship clubs can inspire to. And that's fine, because that's what the championship's all about. We're here because we deserve to be here. Just like, like I say, Brentford deserve to be there, having battled through, you know, the third and, and fourth tiers of English football. Obviously, we're different on our uh, on how we're taking it, as this this is a step down for us, um, and it's a it's a step into the unknown, and it's actually quite scary to be honest. Uh, perhaps there may be a section of Villa fans that think we're too big to be slumming it out down in in, in the second tier, but that's obviously their prerogative. We let them get on with it. Um, it's uh, especially a bitter pill to swallow, though, when you consider that there are clubs like Burnley, Bournemouth, Watford, Hull, the Albion, playing in the Premiership. But, like I said, we're here because we deserve to be here, and they're also on merit in the Premier League because they deserve to be there, you know? So, in one phrase, what does your team have to do to get back up to the Premier League? Uh, the Villa players just need to show uh, more pride, passion, strength, character, and obviously win games of football. Keep playing as we are. Win lots of points. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.